everyone. This is the HopeCast from Hope Church RVA. I'm Rachel Dawson, and I'm part of the communications team here at Hope, and I'm joined today by our senior pastor, David Dwight. We're here to have a conversation about common questions in life and faith in under 30 minutes. And today's question is, what is Sabbath and why does it matter? So this is something I am personally very excited about talking about. Um, I have regularly practiced kind of this rhythm of Sabbath in my life for quite a few years now. It's actually one of the few things I've really stuck to, and um, I have found it incredibly life-changing. I think it's something I talk about a lot because I'm so, it's one of those things I'm like, I want to tell everybody about, like, this changed my life. Um, so David, I would love for you to just start with a basic, maybe even definition or kind of just context for what is Sabbath? And then I'd love for us to talk a little about what it looks like, um, some of the ways we can practice it, and really kind of the heart and story behind the invitation that God gives us with Sabbath. Okay, so let's start with uh, the word Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, the Hebrew word is Shabbat. And what it means is something like this. Typical of Hebrew words, it has a fuller meaning than many of our English words. A lot of people will say, oh, it means to rest. That's a part of what it means. Mm-hmm. To to think that the whole idea is confined to simply means to rest would be to miss a lot of the importance of it. Um, it means something like to, to stop and to rest and to take in the goodness, mm-hmm. right? So that's three concepts. Mm-hmm. Stop is one, rest is two, and take in the goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you just say to rest, Americans are not good at this and frankly, bristle at it. Yeah. Like, don't like this idea. Like, stop talking to me about rest. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we also know, let's be honest, uh, we are dealing with the fallout of being a culture that never rests. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fatigue, the depression, the anxiety, and the whole bit. Okay. So maybe resting is a good idea for us. Right. I'm like, I, I, it's almost like I can hear my mother's voice. And I was a little kid, you need to take a rest. Yeah, um, yeah probably. <laughs> um, so stop, rest, take in the goodness of it. So the other thing I think Americans don't like is the idea of something that's passive, mm-hmm. which is what stop and rest feels like. But there's an active as well, which is take in the goodness of it. Yeah you know, do something active with it. And and the active thing that we do is we take in the goodness of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means you're not just stopping and basically making yourself a black hole for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're doing is you are ceasing in order to adju- adjust your perspective, your your vision and your emotions to enable you to truly take in the goodness and the meaning. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would say it's really hard to take in the goodness and the meaning of something unless you stop. Yep. If you just keep flying by, right. you, you can't take it in. Mm-hmm. Like even think super practically. You're in the car. Yep. You're driving out in the country and you see something incredible. Let's say you're with a good friend. What, what's a person going to say? When you see something incredible, you're in the car. Oh, look at that. Yeah. (laughs) But you're going to say, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Look at this. Right. We're almost always going to proceed it with stop. Why stop? Because we got to look at this. Okay. So you got to stop to look. Yeah. And most, I feel confident. I mentioned this in a sermon a while back. Most of our most beautiful, most sincere, 
most meaningful moments are moments when we are still. Mm-hmm. And I mean this quite sincerely. Um, you're sitting maybe with somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're sitting on the side of a rock outcrop in the mountains watching a sunset, right? But, but you're, you're, you're still. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, I could think of times maybe when I've been going for a walk and I see something beautiful, but even then Don't I'm going to stop. stop. Yeah. Even then I'm going to stop. Right. To take it in. So the stopping is part of it, but the taking in the goodness is a very, very important part of it. And that's what it means in Genesis when it says, um, for six days God worked, and on the seventh day he, and it says Shabbat. He stopped, he rested, and he took in the goodness of it. In in that original expression of it, it has nothing to do with fatigue. Mm -hmm. It's not like God is tired. Like, whew, six days of yeah. six days of whipping up this creation. I am plumb worn out. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with fatigue. Mm-hmm. It is much more about stopping and taking in the goodness of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's think about this. And I want to ask you a couple of questions because you've been saying that this is very meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. If you do this every week, mm-hmm. you stop for 24 hours to stop, to rest, and to take in the goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. I think part of the taking in the goodness would be an active effort to contemplate what is good and beautiful mm-hmm. and to, to take it inside of yourself. Let's say you do that week after week after week, and let's say the years start running together. Mm-hmm. Imagine the difference as compared to a person who never did it. Yeah. Let's say you started how old were you when you started doing this? How long it's ago? It's been three years of okay, every three years. week. Yeah. So let's say you do this. I was 26, I guess. Let's say you do this for the next 50 years. Yeah. Okay. And you said you were 26 or seven when you started it. Let's say you do this for the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we're looking at Rachel at age 76. And imagine Rachel Dawson at 76, who has practiced Sabbath every week for 50 years versus Rachel Dawson or anybody else Mm -hmm. at 76 who has never, ever done this. Yeah. The difference in the quality of the person yeah. is going to be remarkable. Yeah. Who they are, what they notice, what they see, what they think, how they engage with people, how they interpret things, how they take in meaning, how they observe. The difference is going to be enormous. Yeah. And um, so Sabbath isn't just about stopping and resting. You start adding these weeks of Sabbath together, you're talking about a cultivated pattern of shaping the kind of person you become, mm-hmm. which is massive. Yeah. Okay. So it's beautiful. Um, so the idea, I, I read a book recently. I think you and I both talked about this, Abraham Heschel's book. I have it on my night stand. I haven't read it yet. Okay. So this book, it's simply called The Sabbath. It's by Abraham Heschel. He's a rabbi who lived in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. And um, I had heard of Abraham Heschel. I stumbled across the book. And I bought it just to read it. And I am telling you, it is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. And it's not a big, thick, you know, intimidating thing. It was smaller than I thought, yeah. So I texted a rabbi friend of mine. And I said this. I said, hey, I am reading Abraham Heschel's book, The Sabbath. Do you know of it? Do you know of him? Have you ever read it? And his text (laughs) back to me changed my life. Mm. That's all he said, Mm -hmm. changed my life. 
Um, there's sort of a beauty in connecting with a good friend who's a rabbi in that way as well. Um, but the idea of Sabbath, um, I think it moves from a legalism mm -hmm. to a beauty. Mm -hmm. Can you say something about that? Yeah. So a little bit of backstory. I um, was involved with the campus ministry in college and we did a kind of a semester series of talks on Sabbath. And it was the first time for me it had been brought um, kind of to life and more than just kind of the one of the Ten Commandments of, you know, keep the Sabbath day holy kind of thing. It turned into a, oh, this is kind of a lifestyle and an invitation. Um, the two ways that they kind of framed it up in, in a college perspective was that it's a day of praying and playing. And that was helpful for me. It added some kind of flesh and bone around this kind of concept I had heard about. Um, but it really kind of seen the way that it caught wind and caught fire, I guess, mm -hmm. kind of in my circle of friends and the way that we kind of really spent a day of the weekend kind of embarking on that together. It was a lot of um, time outdoors, time together, time spent um, having meals together. And it really quickly kind of felt like this is life giving mm -hmm. and not just a you have to, but really kind of like a get to and an invitation into, um, a freer way of living. And, um, it kind of took me a while to make it a regular practice, but it was something for me. I, I pick a word for each year and it kind of is usually a word that kind of comes to me at the end of one year as I start to look toward the next, um, and a couple years back, it was rhythm and I was feeling off kilter and off balance in my life and feeling like things weren't working and Sabbath kind of to me came to mind as this it kind of just like this whisper in my mind of like I think there's something there for me to explore more of and mm. embrace and what would it look like to really try to have a good Sabbath rhythm. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of started this. I took, um, I think it's it shifted the hours a little bit, but essentially Friday night to Saturday night, um, 24 hours. And it, there was part of it that was a little bit of like a tech detox for me. Um, so part of what I do is all the apps on my phone shut down. I use the, the downtime setting and everything kind of just locks me out. Um, which that alone, I would highly recommend people just embrace that even just the disconnecting from technology. Do is, people even know about a downtime setting on their phone? Right. It's yeah, it's been hugely helpful. Um, so my email shuts off, my social media shuts off, um, really everything except for like music and taking pictures are kind of all that's left of my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once I, that was kind of the first thing for me. And then once I did that, I was like, Oh, I have so much time mm. just realizing how much time I wasted, not even, I mean, sometimes it's fruitful and helpful and good, but spent on email or Googling things or shopping, you know, opening up an app to buy more things or make more things or share something, learn something, connect in some other way. Even just eliminating that from my life, I found myself with a lot more time. And I got, I very quickly saw the meaning and how much it changed my attitude, my perspective, the space it gave me to create room for things that mattered more than that. Um, and I mean, I was hooked right away. Um, it it truly like changed the game for me. So so it's almost like we'll roll reverse here because I feel like the host. I want to make some observations and ask some questions. One, I think for some people, the word Sabbath feels like a really old fashioned word. Feels mm -hmm. like old school legalistic mm -hmm. religion. And I don't know if all people do this, but when something feels old school to me, I think it feels like old people. <laughs> so I tend to think Sabbath is old people. I just link it with old people. So to hear you yeah. in your 20s say Sabbath is very much a part of your practice, that's powerful. Um, 
as you're saying this, some thoughts are coming to mind for me, mm-hmm. right? Because in the scriptures, um, in the scriptures, uh, this is also livestock and others are given Sabbath, right? In a way, what the Sabbath does is it gives us dignity. Mm-hmm. It says we're not beasts of burden mm-hmm. who are here purely for production. Yeah, We are not production robots. Yep whose meaning is simply to execute task, right? right? Now, then that makes me think, um, you know, a lot of us on staff, we have tons going on. There's email, there's texting. And a lot of times that will happen after hours. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever really had a clear staff discussion about this. Personally, my thought is, I don't expect people to be on their email and texts for work-related reasons when we're outside of a work day. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's like an emergency or a pastoral emergency, hey, I got to talk to you, I get it. But I don't expect to send an email to somebody on staff at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night and get a response. I might send it because for some reason I was like, I don't want to forget this or something, right? Okay, but I think where I'm going with this is it has to do with giving respect to people, yeah. right? So, like, granted, I think we all would say, yes, if there was some kind of emergency, yes, I would tend to it. I'm not trying to make this some kind of legalistic thing. Mm-hmm. But out of respect, one, for God, two, for each other, mm-hmm. we're not expecting each other to be, you know, jumping on top of work stuff when there's Sabbath. Right. And I was talking to somebody recently who said their boss has no lines, none, mm. between work and non-work. Yeah. Like a text at 11.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night that's all about work with full expectation that they're engaging with it, mm. right? I'd be like, I can't handle that. I'm saying this. Maybe a lot of people are like, hey, dude, there are plenty of people who are dealing with that. I'm sure. Okay. Can I encourage you, if you are a manager of people, don't do that? Okay. On to, there's respect involved in this. Like, this seems very powerful to me. It gives you dignity. Mm -hmm. It means Rachel has things that are spiritually and personally important to her. Don't disturb her. And that gives people dignity. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of beauty in that. I, since my very first day on staff here, have it as an out of office on my calendar from Friday at 5 p.m. to Saturday at 5 p.m. It says I am offline for Sabbath. Um, And I will just say there, I absolutely can, I hear the voices saying like, oh, but what if, and what if something happens? What if something comes up? Um, I absolutely, I hear that. And I think it could, it for sure could. And I will also say in three years of having this be a very consistent thing, not once has something happened or gone undone or unresolved because I took the space to truly, um, honor the Lord's invitation to keep the Sabbath. So here's something that I feel like connecting with what you're saying we have created in our, in our culture tons of artificial urgency. Yeah. Now, the availability by which we can communicate mm-hmm. has contributed to this. Sure. Um, because there is such easy flow of mm-hmm. contact, mm-hmm. texting, emailing, etc. cetera, um, we have created an artificial sense of urgency. Right. 
Now, let me be clear. You and I can both say this, right? There are sometimes some things that are very urgent. We get that. Mm -hmm. My guess is about 85% of the stuff that people feel is urgent is not urgent. And when they try to call and my, it doesn't come through, it will always, it has always waited until the next day. <laughs> and, or the next day or the next yeah. day. A lot of stuff that feels, I think it's impulsively urgent. Yes. Yeah. It feels impulsively urgent to us. It's mm-hmm. going to be there in two days and yeah. it's going to be fine. And it's not like some big thing. So if I can comment on a couple of uh, the concepts that Abraham Heschel makes that I find really helpful. Um, one of them is, he says, first of all, Sabbath is not a tool to increase your productivity, yeah, right? Um, if you make Sabbath the lesser, mm-hmm. it is the thing to serve something else. Yeah. You, we're misunderstanding it. Mm-hmm. And the way Heschel describes it is basically, he. I think he says the Sabbath is the king of all seven days. It's my favorite day. Yeah. All the other ones serve it. Yeah. So he says, it's not like you do six days of really good, meaningful, productive stuff. And then the seventh day um, is kind of the tail on the dog. He calls the Sabbath the king of the days, Mm -hmm. which makes all the other six days find their meaning. Yes. That is so powerful. Yeah. Um, So good. so, So we do our living coming out of the Sabbath. We don't fall exhausted into right. the Sabbath as a result of our living. And I would say it's also, it's not like, oh, phew, because I worked hard. Now I get this reward of Sabbath and that you have to do the work to get the gift. Um, I think if I've learned anything about the Lord, it's that he um, offers the gifts before any, it, it precedes any doing or any action. You don't have to have done it all and cross off the to-do list so then you can rest and mm-hmm. then you can take in the goodness um, it's an invitation kind of really, like you said, first and foremost, and that the rest kind of flows out from that. Yeah. Um, I don't work to Sabbath. I think I Sabbath so that I, and then I go into my work as a result of it, not because I've earned it. It's not about earning the time away or the break or the rest. Well, um, just think so about it, right? That. The difference in that paradigm, I Sabbath and then the work that I do comes forth from the Sabbath. Yeah. It's not that I work and, you know, you know, break my neck all week and then I fall into bed exhausted. Right. It's a very, very different idea. Um, But I can't help but go back to this picture again with Sabbath to take in the meaning. Yeah. Week after week after week, Mm -hmm. you're practicing a discipline of taking in the meaning, the Mm -hmm. beauty, the goodness of life. Mm -hmm. That will make a person a very different kind of person. Yeah. I am different as a result. Mm -hmm. So I think a word that usually comes closely connected to this is uh, shalom, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And shalom is this Hebrew concept of peace. Um, It doesn't just mean like there's not a war going on. It's a full sense of wholeness and well-being, contentedness, and non-anxiety, right? All of that. So uh, in Israel, when you're coming to the Sabbath, everybody greets each other and says, Shabbat Shalom, mm-hmm. Shabbat Shalom. So Sabbath peace. Um, so how about this? I'm just going to ask you a couple of practical things. Mm-hmm. I'll tip my hand. I'm not big on legalisms mm-hmm. because if it becomes a legalism, we're missing the point yeah. of it. 
Okay, and yet I think in my own mind, Mm -hmm. what are things to say yes to to Mm -hmm. do on Sabbath? And what are things I'm going to say, no, that's not a Sabbath thing. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of little filters that I use, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah. Uh, what What are some of your like, here are things I'm not going to do, and what's the filter? Mm-hmm. So for me, um, there are more yeses than nos, which I think, um, just to say that, is beautiful. There's room to In breathe. other words, orient the Sabbath not toward what you can't do, yeah. but toward the things you delight in. Yeah. That's be- actually beautiful that you said that my word for this year, um, we mentioned in a different episode, I choose a word for each year. My word for this year has been delight. Um, and it's been a really beautiful um, journey. So yes, um, I make, it's a really, a, it's a, I feel like there's so many things I could say. There's, um, it's a day of space. Um, I don't tend to make a ton of plans. Um, I don't have a lot of things on my calendar. It's a day to kind of breathe in that sense and give myself kind of margin in the, apart from the busyness. Um, even just thinking of the way that the Ten Commandments kind of say, like to keep the Sabbath day holy, and this the way that holy can mean set apart. It feels like a day set apart from the rest of the week. Um, so there's space. There's I generally outdoors a lot. Um, it's a day where I tend to do more with my hands. Um, a lot of my job is really digital and very technologically based, and a lot of thinking. And so my Sabbath tends to be a lot of um, kind of analog. I do a lot of I paint. Um, I garden. Um, I cook. I just do, I do things more with my hands. Um, somebody on staff shared with me recently a quote that if you work with your mind to Sabbath with your hands or kind of vice versa. And so that's really cool. There's a cool imitation in that for me that, um, just getting my hands messy and dirty is great. I generally spend more time in the word because like I said, I've, I've created more space. So I feel like it's like an exciting kind of leisurely time to read. I journal a lot more. I reflect on the day um, or the week past, the week's coming. Um, I tend to like really when it comes to the no's and things I say no to, it's generally, I mean, all my technology shuts off, so I'm not on any sort of screen. Um, I don't have a TV at my house, so I don't, I don't watch any shows or anything. I don't open my computer. I don't really get on my phone. Um, but it's a day of saying yes. I mean, there's, there's music. It's not like some silent, like solemn, depressing day. It Mm -hmm. really feels to me like a breath of fresh air. Um, it's usually good food. I don't usually spend a lot of money because I'm generally not feeling the need to try to fill some void with spending money or the things that I would normally want to go buy. But if a friend asked me out to dinner, like I, it absolutely make plans with friends or go on a hike or get outdoors or go see live music or something. Um, I know some religions and some practices tend to go a lot more strict with it. Like you can't do any sort of work, not even, you know, flip a light switch and that kind of thing can, it can be more of a, maybe an extreme on a spectrum. And I don't tend to take it that far. Um, But to me, it's really a day of kind of back to that college um, mindset of praying and playing the things that bring me to a place of feeling connected to the Lord where I feel truly like I can delight in the Lord and feel his delight in me. Um, the things that connect me to really truth and beauty and goodness are kind of my anchors for Sabbath. Um, and it, it truly is a day I, I look forward to it. I like, I'm hungry for it. Um, when it comes, it's, it feels like a gift that I'm glad I've created space for. And I don't know how I would go into an, a new week without having taken it yeah, um, and made it, made it matter and made it feel meaningful. And I've joked with friends. I'm like, Oh, it turns out God knew what he was <laughs> saying when yeah. he created this invitation. But that. 
I've really come to experience the fullness and beauty of the invitation, um, really to do things differently, to do kind of a countercultural, um, have a countercultural rhythm in my life. I'm going to guess there are sometimes when you, you have a Sabbath day and look, they're not all going to be as oh, incredible no, as you hope for. No, they're not all sunshine or Right. So there are going to be some, you're going to think, oh, well, that one didn't quite go the way I hoped. Yep. Right. And that's all part of the rhythm of it and not overdoing it. Um, so this idea that uh, peace is connected to the Sabbath, I find meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I've been reflecting a lot uh, and coming up to, uh, I'm not exactly sure what day we'll air this podcast, but December 26th in Hope's uh, series this year is Simeon's song. Mm -hmm. Simeon says to Mary, my eyes have seen salvation. Now your servant can depart in peace. So, there's something that Simeon is saying that is connecting peace with his Savior. And reflecting on that little verse, I've thought, we, in a sense, if you, if you look at all these songs in the Christmas story, we're kind of like Simeon. We're the ones who are after Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. And Simeon is still going to die. And... The fact that Jesus is in the world has not made all the problems go away, Yep. right? So there's still problems, and he's still going to die. And he says in the midst of all of that, I can have peace. Mm-hmm. That to me is really powerful. Yeah. And as Christians, I think it's a deep invitation. There are still problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that Jesus came, the fact that you're a Christian doesn't mean there aren't going to be problems, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean all the world's problems are going to go away now. And yes, all of us are going to die. We are going to come to the conclusion of our earthly life. But he's saying, now I can see all of that with peace. Mm. So this idea of the Savior, Mm -hmm. the faith connection, Mm -hmm. is richly woven into Sabbath, Mm -hmm. right? This is a distinctly faith-oriented event, right? Mm -hmm. There are plenty of people in the world who say, I take a day off, mm-hmm. right? But they would never use Sabbath. Right. They wouldn't use the word Sabbath. It's not connected to some faith component, some deep connecting with God that is part of what you're saying is much of the richness. Yeah. I think um, I'm mindful as we're talking about this. It, it does feel different. It feels countercultural. It feels like uh, I don't know how to take a time off. And I can even hear myself sharing how I Sabbath. And I also recognize I am a single person who lives alone. And there aren't many other people who have need me, need my time on the weekends. Right, or right. Um, my kind of rhythm of life looks different. Right. Um, and in a lot of ways, that makes it very easy. My time is wholly my own. And that right. makes it simpler. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say, I think for... I have friends who have embarked on this with their families. Yeah. Um, I've followed some people on social media who Sabbath with lots of little kids and there's still invitations and ways that they've created space for, you know, meals together or time outdoors or they create, you know, something that they do every Saturday afternoon. That's kind of part of their Sabbath rhythm. And I can share, we can link some resources in the show notes for people I've learned and listened to about Sabbath. Um, John Mark Comer is a pastor out of the Pacific Northwest and he's written several books that are, have been really helpful and meaningful to me. Um, Annie F. Downs is another where she speaks often about Sabbath on her podcast, but 
Um, I think in all of it, there's an invitation for no matter what your life and your lifestyle look like to find a way into the invitation of Sabbath. But it is, it is a, it is an other way of living and it's something that feels very much like Jesus kind of set the pace and tone for what it looks like in all things to live kind of against the grain. So it's going to be, it's going to be somewhat Mm countercultural, but then lo and behold, we're beginning to find that this Sabbath counterculture is like, those are the sane people. Yeah, They really are. Those, those are the people who are finding sanity. And I'm glad you mentioned this idea about, you know, you're a single woman because uh, somebody might listen to this and they're like, you know, in their forties with four kids and they're like, Hey, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Not a <laughs> chance, nice. not yeah. a chance. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. I can appreciate. Um, much of what's written and talked about Sabbath, uh, for the person who's in that age and stage is very much connected to family. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for us to, um, really pursue family connections, intimacy, conversation, right connectedness uh, in beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, that person might be thinking, okay, Rachel, you're single and you've got more space. Your time is more your own. Okay, yes, that's true. On the other hand, there's a lot in the scriptures of Sabbath that connects into the family. Mm -hmm. So the person who's in their 40s with four kids at home has opportunities to enter Sabbath in that way that are at this point, not available to you. Right. And for me, as a as an empty nester, it's different still. Mm-hmm. So your Sabbath is probably going to morph over the years yep. and the seasons of life. Yeah, which I think comes into it's not a legalistic. You have to do this. You can't do this. Um, even just hearing you talk about that, I picture like could a family could could your Friday night dinner be the time that you we all have dinner together on Friday nights and maybe you light the candles and you have a kind of a special candle at dinner every Friday night and that's just your your family time together and you maybe get a conversation starter book or some kind of question thing you ask or some way that you yep. go around and do highs and lows or so I just, there's so many ways to embark on it that it doesn't have to be a super pious religious 24 hours where I am studying right. the scriptures at all right. times. Um, absolutely. That can be part of it, but I think it's, yeah. it's a lot broader to me. There's so much freedom and expansiveness in what Sabbath looks like that if anything, if I could encourage people to just take a step into it and see, cause I think you'll find it's a lot bigger and more beautiful um, yeah. than maybe the old word or the old kind of connotations might lead you to think. I have uh, some families that I know that are that try to be intentional about Sabbath. Um, they will start it with a meal together. That's very sort of Jewish mm-hmm. Sabbath-like. Mm-hmm. But what they'll try to do is make it a meal that they are all making together. I love that, yeah. Um, so little kids, older kids, parents, and everybody's sort of got a part in the mm-hmm. construction and then cooking the meal. My last thought, too, that I find a lot of resonance with, a lot of people, particularly Jewish uh, people who participate in Sabbath, they'll say... Um, you know, in our family, there was a, a a clear priority of Sabbath, and it began most of the time. People will say when my mother would light a candle and chime this chime, mm-hmm. and people will reflect on that and say, just imagining it makes me feel emotional mm-hmm. because there was something about the lighting of the candle. That's a visual thing of the light, the chime, that sound. Those two things together was like a declaration of rest Mm -hmm. and peace. And when those things happened, emotionally, you just felt that you were able to be safe. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. 
also funny that you talk about a family cooking dinner together because I've become a or begun a tradition of pizza, like ordering pizza. It kicks off my Friday nights. And to me, it's a it's a fun. I don't have to cook that meal. I cook all my other meals for myself. But on Friday nights, I begin with pizza and even it's a bit of a stretch. But the breaking of that bread feels like just a symbolic kind of rhythm of my life that um, really kind of kicks off. And in this weekend of a different way of living, but I have found um, a truly better way. Awesome. Well, I feel like you shared um, much of the really helpful content today mm-hmm. as people are hearing from you and uh, gleaning from your practices. So thanks for that. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to share. Well, thank you all so much for listening today. We invite you to subscribe to the Hopecast in your favorite podcast app and maybe share this episode with a friend or your family or maybe somebody that you'd like to kind of begin a Sabbath rhythm with. If you want to learn more about Hope and who we are, you can find us online at hopechurchrva.com.